Please have a seat. I'm just going to pray for Peter as he comes up to lead us now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Peter. Will you bless him now? Will you inspire him with your spirit? May his words be your words. Will you bless him now in Jesus' name? Amen. Great. It's great to have all that family news. just want to say another one, and that's thanks to Elsa, who's provided phenomenal maternity cover for Ruth. Uh, and may God bless her in her new work, which is really exciting. Uh, working for a charity, or, yeah, it is a charity, isn't it? Who produce um, things for churches online and stuff like that. So do ask about it, called Roots, isn't it? Good. Uh, Mike, uh, sorry, Dave is away today in Noel West, over where Mike is, which is great. And Mark is doing his preach with a view, but he's stopped viewing. Um, so just say where they are. And I, I must say, I'm nervous about today because. I'm, I was conscious that last week we made a big decision and I don't want anyone to feel that what they thought about it in any way puts them down or makes them feel it's not part of what God wants or anything like that. So I'm nervous. And I thought, well, I'll speak anyway because I don't know which way it's going to go. And, but we're in this together and we're family. And I'm serious about, I think, Aslan's on the move. I'm absolutely serious about that. But I say that without any, not a hint, not a sniff of that's because of what anyone decided or didn't. Okay, I just think God is on the move. I sense it. I feel it in the air. I see it happening. So that's where I'm coming from. I felt um, for a long time that there was like a glass ceiling with the stuff that we did. And you felt that when Tony was here, we kind of got this far. And then, uh, and then Mike came and great ministry. And, got this, uh, and I just wonder, has God broken something? I sense in my heart he has. Um, that's my prayer too. And that's where I'm coming from this morning. So it's about... It was interesting. I don't think I suggested it, but Geraldine put at the top of the order of service, New Beginnings. I thought, oh, that's good. <laughs> and uh, so that's it. Also, just to let you know, people have been praying for us like you don't know. I get emails from Yong Bom and Diana saying, we're praying for you guys in this time. We got one from Ian Campbell in Nairobi saying, just, I know this is important. And uh, Mark and Julian Cornwall, Josh Allen emailed me from Reading University. Ben Lucas, the minister at West Beyond Trim, he's been so prayerful for us as a church. And the New Wine Network in, in Bristol, there's about 25 ministers, are just so conscious of us and saying, go for it, guys, we're with you. It's good, isn't it? Right, I want to read from John. I want to tell two, there's two narratives I want to talk about. They're birth narratives. One's in John 3. And I'll start reading from verse 20, uh, 23 of John 2, actually. While he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs that Jesus was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. He did not need man's testimony about man, for he knew what was in man. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. How can a man be born when he's old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound. You can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. 
it's interesting. It ends chapter 2 with there was a, Jesus didn't trust any man. And then it says, but there was a man of the Pharisees. <laughs> and he was hungry. And Jesus replied to him, even though he hadn't asked a question. And that really comforts me. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what to ask, but Jesus knows, so he teaches us. And that's wonderful, isn't it? And it says here, um, I tell you the truth. In the older versions, it says, truly, truly, or verily, verily. In fact, it's amen, amen, I think. That's right, isn't it? And it, it basically means that Jesus is explaining something. Um, it presupposes a real difficulty or a misunderstanding that needs to be overcome. And then we have this phrase, born again. Now, I'm nervous about talking about being born again because back in the 70s and 80s, everyone was on about it and we had born again Christians doing the most ridiculous things and you thought, oh dear, oh dear, is that what it's about? But Jesus said it. <laughs> and the word again, it means from the top or from the beginning or from above. And Luke uses it when he says at the beginning of his gospel, I've carefully investigated everything from the beginning. And Matthew uses it when he says the curtain was torn from top to bottom. So it's good to get out of the kind of pre-thinking way of doing it, isn't it? But Jesus did say, unless you have this sense of new birth experience, you just can't see. I'm not surprised they couldn't see. He just turned water into wine. That's not the sort of thing that happens every day, is it? Jesus was of a different order. And uh, there's a lovely commentary on John by someone called Bishop Westcott. The commentary is dating 1886, if it gives you any help. And he says this, Nicodemus comes as the representative of the well-instructed and thoughtful Jew who looked for the consummation of national hope to follow in the line along which he himself had gone, a being of continuation and not a new beginning. This passage reveals that the ways of Christ are of a new and different order. One that is of a spiritual order, not just natural or outward. Not only that, but this new order is sufficient to break the power of the old. The idea that a man can only be the product of his past. Not so. New birth is a new start. And of a different order to the old. That's true for us as individuals, isn't it? God's promises, actually, whatever has brought you to this place, you can start with a new beginning. Praise God for the gospel. And that's the truth of it, isn't it? And it's by receiving something that's not just ordinary, it's a spiritual encounter with God, if I can put it like Something from above. Okay. We then go on and towards the end of the chapter, Jesus says, just like Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. And that takes me on to the next birth experience, which is in Exodus, chapter 14. Um, I'm going to read a few verses here too. Then the Lord said to Moses, uh, so the context is they've just come out of Egypt, okay, and they're fleeing from Pharaoh who's chasing them. Then the Lord said to Moses, take the Israelites to turn back and camp near Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdol and the sea. There's a camp by the sea, directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. 
But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. And it's true, in verse 9, the Egyptians pursued. And as Pharaoh approached, in verse 10, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, lest we serve the, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to have served the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you'll see the deliverance of the Lord that he'll bring you to. The Egyptians you see today, will ne- you will never see again. The Lord will fight to you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry land. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they'll go in after them. I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through the chariots and the horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And we know the story how Moses held out his hand over the sea Uh, Verse 21, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove back the wind, with a wind, the sea. And it turned into dry land, and the waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen. And during the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud uh, at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so they had difficulty driving. The Egyptians said, let's get away. The Lord's fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place and the Egyptians were fleeing towards it and the Lord swept them into the sea. And then we get on to this wonderful song in chapter 15. So, sorry it's a long passage, but there we go. This was a power struggle. And at the beginning of Exodus, God had said to Moses, I will have seen your misery and I will lead you out into a new promised land, full of milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Perizzites and so on. And they had the Passover and the slain, the Egypt, the firstborn of Egypt were slain, all the firstborn of the people and of the cattle, they were slain. And while they were doing that, they had this Passover meal and they escaped. And then they came, God told them to camp by Pihahiroth. <laughs> interesting. Um, it's also interesting, actually, that if you remember, when they complained, they were got there and they complained and they never mentioned God. They just said, why would you bring us here? Why would you bring us here? Why would you bring us here? They had no sense of faith, no sense of God, which is quite shocking, isn't it? Anyhow, they got to Pehahiroth, and it means, well, I've consulted with a few people who understand Hebrew, because it's not me. It means a mouth, possibly of trenches or canals or mountains and rocks. 
it was a kind of mouth place. And they were hemmed in, and it was very uncomfortable. There was no way forward. They were trapped. But then God told him to divide the waters. And again, the word there, divided, it means to cleave, to break, to rip open. And it happened that night. And what happened was, basically, this was the birth of Israel into their promised land. It was a new birth. The old was finished. The waters broke. (laughs) They were born into this broad, new place of the promised land. It was a birth experience. And it said, the Lord swept them into the sea. It literally means the Lord overthrew the Egyptians. And that's a really interesting word that really made my heart jump when I read about it. Because it means to shake off, tumble about. It's used of trees losing their leaves. Of shaking off the bonds of captivity. And Strong's Concordance says this. The word is probably identical with another word which means to growl through the idea of rustling of a mane which accompanies the lion's roar. Isn't that amazing? So it's like something phenomenal had happened. It was a new beginning. And it's like God said, Ah! I'm on the move. Come with me. Enter this new promised land. Aslan was on the move. And he was taking everyone with him. That's nice. (laughs) Who's guilty? (laughs) Sorry, for those listening to podcasts, someone's mobile's going off. Okay. I love this. Something died, and something was new. And they sung this amazing song, The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? It was still tough. They went through and they started complaining. (laughs) Which is odd, isn't it? I believe God is calling us. We've been hearing for a long time, haven't we? Step up. Wake up, O sleeper. I believe God's fulfilling that. I really do. God is on the move. And it's our opportunity to say, okay, God, humbly, (laughs) not because we've done anything, but humbly say, actually, you are on the move, and we'll go with you. And it's a work of faith. So going back to the John 3 thing, it's a different order. If we carry on like we did in just our thinking, I'm not talking about us, in terms of months or years. I'm just, if we carry on naturally, we'll miss it. God is on the move. And we need to encourage each other, don't we, to be alive to what God's doing. And you can't see it with your eyes. He blows where he, will, where he wills. But you can see the effect, which is why we wanted to tell stories. <laughs> when you hear of something, you think, that was awesome. God did that. God did that. We need that, don't we, to encourage each other and to spot what's going on and be sensitive to where God's blowing. It will still be tough. There are still Hittites and Hivites and Perizzites and Amorites and whatever itites all over the place. 
But the whole point of the Passover, before they went through the sea, was to say, remember, remember, I am God. I'm your awesome God. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about who I am. Which is just what Jesus did before he died, didn't he? And took us into that birth experience, if you like, through death to resurrection. He said, remember, remember, it's about me. It's not about you. Rise up church with broken wings. (laughs) It's not about us. We're broken. We will continue to be broken. We won't find it easy. But God. (laughs) But God. I'm out of time. Remarkable. That's it, really. I want to speak encouragement. I didn't want to ask for response. I genuinely just want to say, let's believe what God's doing. And whatever you may have thought about how we've got here, let's carry on with God, because I believe he's on the move. And let's share stories. Let's be more switched on to what God's doing. And where we see it, let's get behind each other and encourage it. And where it's tough, ask for help. And one thing I do want to say about the last few months, genuinely, I really want to say thank everybody. And I know all the eldership would say this, and probably we'd say it to each other, to be honest, as we did at the end of the community meeting on Thursday night. Everyone said thank you. It wasn't that any one person took the thanks. Everyone said thank you. And thank you for integrity and honesty and walking together. I think that's remarkable. Maybe that's why God has broken something. Because if we can be real and honest with each other and learn to disagree but still acknowledge God, that's a miracle, isn't it? That's otherworldly, isn't it? And I believe that's what God's doing. So genuine thank you to each other. (laughs) Isn't that right? And we can do that over communion now, can't we? We say, thank you, God, that you are the one who brought in new beginnings, this sense of new starts, resurrection, forgiveness, that we are not governed by our history. Hallelujah. I'm glad of that personally, and we can be glad of that corporately. So John is an individual confrontation. Nicodemus and Jesus, individual. You need to be alive to the Spirit. Receive him. Learn how to see things differently. The Exodus story is corporate. Same thing, but it's corporate. They're in it together, this sense of new beginning. So let's be awake to it. Let's be courageous in it. And let's be humble as we keep walking. So as we break bread, let's acknowledge it's all about Jesus. His death and resurrection. His new life. His opportunity. Thank you, Peter. Um, Let's just take a moment to uh, take in what Peter said. Uh, And then Liz Cheeseman is going to...